0: Here's the snap, four-man rush, firing downfield, and got a man! Rock and roll, touchdown Texans!
1: Game day is every day.
0: Yeah, nice ball, nice ball!
1: Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming.
0: There's a sack! Wow, he's bringing down the quarterback.
1: Now, it's Texans All Access.
2: Texans All Access. I just wrapped up an hour with DeMarcus Walker. And Mark, I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty entertaining. He's got some good stories. I go, like
0: DeMarcus. A, go, go DeMarcus. Go DeMarcus. <laughs> the whole See?
2: Alabama story and how he ended up at Florida State, I, I didn't know much of that. And I felt like there were there's still a lot of meat left on the bone there. So oh, yeah. hopefully I get him for a deep slant a little bit later on and well, we can kind of come full circle with DeMarcus and his route to she, the Texans.
0: He likes to tell the story, which I like, you know, I like and, it. and we told him before we started the show, like, feel free to stretch out. We got a <laughs> while, you know, sometimes you get players on the show if they haven't done it before. Uh, they think it's a quickie interview. It's not. We're here for a while. And if we were at Ruckers like we were pre-pandemic and we will be again post-pandemic, I will mm-hmm. make it happen. I know, like, Mark, the pandemic's over. A lot of people feel that way. You know, you got 70,000 in here, you got Minute Maid Park jam-packed with. World Series crowd. I get it, but the players are under real restrictions. We are too uh, – if we gather too tightly with a bunch of people, we get tested every week. I don't want to test positive.
2: That's that's my big concern because I don't think it's so much we're worried about getting sick as a, as we're worried about testing positive. Because if you test positive – You can't come in. The players can't come in. Ross Blacklock, Mm -hmm. he just got off of the COVID. Yes. He was on there for – he missed three games. Yeah. And he really wasn't, from what I understand, not even that symptomatic, or he was asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. But you have to wait till you start getting those negative tests. Mm -hmm. And once you test positive, I mean, that's it. You're out. You don't want to take any chances. It's not about being sick. It's just about this is the protocol. This is what life is like in the NFL this year. So maybe next year. Maybe next year we're back out at Fuddruckers, and you're, I know I think you miss the milkshakes more than anything else. I do,
0: I do, and I, mean, I can always go get one. I can but go get there's one. something about them bringing it to me when I'm doing a show that feels so special, and <laughs> it's just one of those things in my career that I really cherished.
2: You yeah. used to have them deliver at around 7:30, and mm-hmm. then it got earlier and <laughs> earlier, and then, get, and then you'd get and then you get angry if they didn't just know <laughs> at 7:09 that you just needed the milkshake right that second.
0: I'm like, Correa, I'm like, uh, milkshake time, <laughs> milkshake time, let's go.
2: Good luck to the Astros playing tonight. You know, that was the other thing, like fans would come out, watch a the show, they'd be cheering for the Astros at the same time. So it's like even if you weren't, if your back was to the screen, I knew something good had happened, and it would take all of my willpower to not turn around to see what was going on in the Astros game.
0: Yeah, well, Drew was just blatantly staring <laughs> at it, like watching the game. You know, it's funny because we were talking about this uh, today, Drew and I, that in 2015, when the Astros played that wild card game with the Yankees, the first time they're back in the playoffs since the Clemens right. era or whatever, so they're playing the Yankees in that wild card game in the Bronx, and it was so cool because we were at Fuddruckers doing the Texans players show, and I remember looking in the dugouts, the shots they had of the dugouts, the Yankees, they're all like, oh, "We're the Yankees." The Astros, they're hopping up and down, totally excited. I said, "Look, even if I didn't know these two teams, I'd say." Give me that team, that team that's all fired up for this one. The Yankees just thought it was going to be a walk, and the Astros won that game. It was really cool. Uh, That was the beginning of all of this. They missed the playoffs the next year, 17. They win the World Series. The rest is history. Good luck.
2: Yeah, good luck to the Astros. Uh, Let's get into some of your hot reads for the week. Tyrod Taylor expected to return to practice tomorrow for the first time since being placed on IR just over a month ago on September 21st. David Culley was asked about it Sunday after the game at Arizona, also again yesterday. He says he's not sure if he'll be able to play against the Rams, Tyrod Taylor that is, but he will practice on Wednesday, and they're just going to take it day by day. But he said Tyrod's our starting quarterback, and when he's healthy, he'll be our starting quarterback. So he said it would be a boost. I think it would be a boost. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the fans would like a boost, but David Colley said if he's ready to go, if he's healthy, he'll play. If not, the rest of the team needs to provide the boost because this team needs to snap its losing skid.
0: I don't want to go full-on Dr. Vandermeer here, Dr. Vander Radio Meer as far as whether he will play or not, for sure. Mm -hmm. I have to think he's in outstanding shape because he's been doing everything else he could possibly work out every other way despite having a hamstring injury. And as we talked to A.J. Moore last week, you know that the ramp-up is really – it's systematic. Slow. Slow, and and he has to run a certain speed before he can even get out there to practice. Uh, If you see him in that red jersey tomorrow, he's with the three-quarter – or the two other quarterbacks – doing his thing, I feel pretty good about that because he's an 11-year vet, right? He should be able to get his timing back pretty well. I wonder if he could have done some throwing by himself, maybe with a practice squad guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he can do that or if he could do that. Maybe a team staff member. We have so many athletes here in this (laughs) building. No, seriously, how many quarterbacks do we have? There's a guy in equipment who was the quarterback at Ithaca College. I mean, everybody was a quarterback somewhere. I feel so left out. I was a quarterback in my backyard back in 19- 19... I don't know Nick what Cassiro to say. Nick
2: likes to throw passes around, too. Yeah,
0: he's a quarterback. You have he Matt Bazergan. <laughs> I don't know how many former receivers we have, but we have to have plenty of uh, former athletes where Tyrod might have been able to toss the ball around a little bit. So I'm looking forward to seeing him back. I think Davis has shown some signs. It's been a rocky road, right? It's been up and down. I think there's a lot of talent there. If they do bring Tyrod back, DP... I believe that it's good for Davis to be on the sideline and watch for a bit. He'll get back in there at some point. He'll get his chance again, but maybe this is the best thing for the team. Cully has been very clear that Taylor's the starting quarterback. When he's healthy, he's going to go back in there. And so it's either this week or next week. It can't, that's barring a setback or a change of mind of this organization, right? If he's really the starter, he's in there either this week or next week, unless he had an aggravated hamstring. Mm -hmm. Or the team decided, you know what, we're going to change our mind. We're going to put Mills in there until whatever. We just want to see Mills because this year, if nothing else, has to be about who is Davis Mills to this organization moving forward.
2: I mean, Tyrod's been around the building. I saw him here this morning. He's been at all the games. He's on the field during pregame warm-ups. He's on the sidelines. He's definitely still very much a part of this team. So if he returns to practice, the team Mm -hmm. has 21 days to activate his window. Um, and in that window they can take him off IR and put him on the active roster or he reverts back to IR. So they've got three weeks. I feel like it's not going to take three weeks. I think they'll know mm. pretty early on because he's had so much time to ramp up. I mean, he was eligible to come back after missing three games. So at Indy, he was eligible to come back. Yeah. So he missed Indy, Jeez. missed Arizona. And then now, you know, he could come back for this Rams game. So, it seems like every week we've been sort of on this tie rod watch. It's coming soon.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it, got to be coming soon. It must have been bad. It must have been a really bad injury. Or maybe it's just
2: slow healing. Maybe it wasn't bad. But, you know, like David Culley, he does these, um, you know, off-the-record sort of media press conferences right. on Fridays. So, you're
0: about to tell us something that was off-the-record? So, off here's the record. what he said off-the-record.
2: <laughs> no, well, I mean, he sort of explained the process. And, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But, you know, they, they test the hamstring. They test the strength. And it mm-hmm. needs to be at a certain Number or level. Right. And until it reaches that number or level for that particular position, you know, they don't feel like a guy's ready to go. So
0: and yeah. I think an AJ
2: Moore talked about that a little bit, too. Like he felt like he was ready. He thought he could run full speed, but they said, nope, not yet. And then they have their own protocol. I, I mean, I was grilling. <laughs> I was grilling AJ last yeah. week about hamstrings because it is, it's fascinating, like how it seems very arbitrary. Like when a guy comes back, like, is it just by feel? But it's actually not. They, right. have, they have a system in place.
0: And they're not all created equal. There are they're various all different. grades, Yeah. Right. And I think that Taylor, you know, obviously he wanted to play. Cully said in the second half of that Cleveland game he wanted to play. But guys always want to play. They always want to be out there. Matt Schaub wanted to play with the Liz Franck injury. They all want to play. And you have to do what's right for the player long term. But aren't you – interested to see what Taylor can do with the football team right we saw some good things early I know the line's been a little shuffled because of what's going on with them injury wise but they were going good they were running the ball well first game and a half they just look and forget about Jacksonville for a moment the first half of Cleveland we all wanted to see what was going to happen in act two of that game if Taylor was healthy even with Mills in there they were down three in the fourth quarter so I'm here for it, want to see what he can do, really like the guy. In fact, if you said moving forward next year, you're going to take another shot at him. I'd like that as far as his capability, but obviously the injuries are a concern. In his career, it's always been a concern. He'll be the first to tell you, man, I can't get hurt. But that's why he wanted to play, right? He wants to play through anything. Appendages falling off, he wants to play. So they got to do what's right for him and the team. And it just opens up a whole set of circumstances that you have to consider.
2: I'm sure he wants to play and start, but if you know, if his future lies in Houston beyond this year, I think he's a great veteran backup.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, as his if career. nothing else, if
2: nothing, I mean, he's a great backup. Look at Matt Schaub, how many years he played in this league? He didn't even have Forever. the injury history. He, I mean, he just retired like last year. Yeah, it was crazy how long he played. So, I mean, I think there's definitely a place for him in the league wherever it is. But it would be nice to see him come out. Um, on Sunday against the Rams because it seemed like the offense was clicking, it was moving really nicely. We haven't really seen him finish a road game this year and, and the road games have been an issue for the Texans. So A little um, bit. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to put it out there. But you know, home games, Davis Mills has played pretty well.
0: Yeah. Oh. We'll
2: he- get to his numbers in a little bit, but uh he's his numbers at home are actually it's a stark contrast to how it's been on the road.
0: And it's been two games right yeah it's been two games they were within one at the half extra point you're tied at the half against carolina which was going really good at the time carolina now they're not so hot right they're really struggling that was the
2: last game with i want to play
0: this carolina team (laughs) not that carolina team not the
2: three and oh team that was timing is and,
0: and by the time we get seattle wilson will be back thank you very much right because right now, it looks like this is the time to play Seattle. They're still tough with Geno Smith, but you get my drift.
2: It's just, I mean, Seattle, after last night, 2-5. and five. I mean, this league, it's crazy. The records of some of these teams right San now. San Francisco.
0: San right. Francisco. Uh, and look, you just got through the Cardinals in the NFC West. That's your NFC division this year. Along with Carolina, your bonus game being the 17-game schedule. So you get Arizona done. Now you have another Super Bowl contender. Every week, it's like, oh, here's this juggernaut. Every week we're playing some behemoth. And, you know, where is Jacksonville week one, week two, week three? I'm going to play them every week. But they just came off a victory against Miami. You're going to get Miami next week. Everyone's going to say, well, you got a shot to win this one. Look, you have a shot to win every game. And, yeah, I understand that it's easier, so to speak, to prevail against Miami. But, look, this is no cakewalk nothing either is. nothing no. is a given
2: you know I thought DeMarcus it was interesting because he said he was really excited about that Arizona game he said a mm-hmm. game like that you get fired uh, up that that really puts you on the map if you're able to mm-hmm. do so now obviously the Texans did not do what they wanted to do in the Arizona game but now they're at home it's the Rams another hot team six and one mm-hmm. you know if they can play well and show an improvement from last week and be competitive and win a game like that. I mean, it seems like winning, you you said this a long time ago, winning winning heals everything.
0: It does. It does. All of a
2: sudden, all the issues that you had don't seem to be so bad. Right. Don't don't seem to matter as much. They're
0: still there in a way, but if you come out on top at the end, you just feel so much better, and you'd rather learn in victory than in defeat. You always have to learn no matter what, because the coaches have to go through everything. You know, that third down, whatever play was horrible. We can't run that again. We can't do this again. We can't do that again. But they're not even getting close right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not celebrating, but I'm acknowledging them for little achievements. DeMarcus pointed out first time that the Cardinals were shut out in the first quarter. Look, we're not going to throw a parade for that. But we have to say, hey, good job, defense, because you were up to nothing. Not only did you shut them out, you scored against <laughs> them. And that's pretty cool to be able to do that. Now, what about the other three, Mrs. Lincoln? You know, what yeah. about the other three quarters? So they got to deal with that and play better on, in all phases. I thought special teams was better last week, no doubt about that. Cameron Johnston was terrific mm-hmm. on Sunday,
2: and Desmond King. I mean, I felt like big boost. The first two, the first two punts, he was. It was already better. It was already mm-hmm. a market improvement, and then he had two kicks that uh, started drives in Arizona territory. Yeah, I mean, it just it, the offense just couldn't turn it into points. It was just so unfortunate that we weren't able to take advantage of good field oh position my gosh. like that.
0: Back to back, back drives. Back to back
2: drives that started in Arizona territory. And came
0: away as zero, nothing.
2: Yeah. I mean that's that's really hard to stomach, but at least, you know, once maybe maybe you get the offense clicking and then you can take advantage of good play by your defense, good field position by special teams and then maybe it just starts c- coming together. All right, there's three things that David Culley wants to see improved this week. Okay. Number 1, penalties. So I was looking, Mark, eight for 80. Are you sure this
0: isn't a repeat of last week's
2: show? <laughs> it, it, well, yes. Well, you know, it, it's, it's actually worse um, than last week because last week at, at Indy, the Texans had four flags for 25 yards. At Arizona, eight flags for 80 yards. And then the week before against New England, eight flags for 70 yards. This has just been an ongoing storyline this year, the penalties. And I feel like every time the Texans get would get flagged, on the TV broadcast, they would show David Culley's face on the sideline, and I yeah. thought, mm-hmm. I mean, for I mean, he's super nice. He's very, very nice. But that, I mean, it, I've not seen him matter than when there's a flag on the field. That
0: was his bad cheese face. That or worse? was
2: worse. It was him yelling and screaming, and it was he. He was and I and 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 understandably so. Sure, this is something that we've been hearing them talk about for the last three weeks. All right, so on 12 offensive drives for the Texans, oh, no. flagged on six of them. See, and that's they're, half of their offensive drives killed by they're, killed they're by so
0: debilitating too. Because this team doesn't have the firepower currently to overcome to overcome those. Uh-huh. And when Akins got called for the uh, what was it the fifteen? Yard, yeah, the fifteen yarder. All right, you had third and two at mm. their thirty-one yard line, and this is when the game is really it's is it zero zero? Or are they up to nothing. Whatever the case was, it was early. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was zero zero because. What happened was you're 3rd and 2 at their 31, 15-yard penalty chop block. It's 3rd and 17, don't get anything. 4th and 17 punt deep. Now, they did a good job punting there, Cameron Johnston and Mm -hmm. company, holding them down deep, and they get the safety after that. That was cool. But you'd rather just go ahead and convert the 3rd and 2 and keep it going and – Drive and score. Get I mean, a you're field so, goal, whatever.
2: It's so hard to get in third and short situations. Usually you're in third and long and it just seems yeah. like such an attainable yeah. first down to get and then you ruin it by, by yeah. getting a chop block penalty like that. I mean it just it's so unfortunate. And then for the for the Cardinals, only one of their twelve drives with with, with um offensive, with, with offensive penalties. Mm. And you know what? Um, there was one drive where the Texans actually got an extra fifteen yards with that Byron Murphy taunting call. Uh, he got called for taunting, right. and so the Texans gained an extra yes. 15 yards. Uh, but that drive ended in a fumble. So even when they got a flag going in in their direction,
0: mm-hmm. the mistakes. You know what they're not getting enough of, though? Defensive pass interference. You know, they're not taking enough chances downfield. Look, I know you don't want to turn the ball over, but they've got to figure that out because Mills yeah. has the arm to do it, and they have done it. And I guess certain defenses make it a little bit more difficult. There's pressure on the passer. Uh, And I brought this up several times, like I did with DeMarcus, that they've only given up two sacks in a lot of games, Mm -hmm. right? They've done a pretty decent job of overall protection, but doesn't mean you have a ton of time to throw the ball. Mills is getting it out to his credit, and he's not turning it over tons lately to his credit. So that's good. But, you know, he had the turnover last week against the Colts when the game was still a touchdown game early in the third quarter. If you're able to get something going there, it's a completely different situation, maybe. At least you're in it deeper into the game and maybe have a chance. Last week, strip sack, that led to points, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, it's just tough to take. But you're
2: right. Why not take more shots downfield? Because you've got Cooks, mm-hmm. you've got Collins back, get amandola Amendola back.
0: Right. There's I mean, gotta got to be a way to do it. There's
2: got to be a way to, to get the ball down the field because – you know, I, I understand they don't want They don't want any turnovers. You know, right. and he didn't. He didn't throw any interceptions. But at the same point, you know, like you, you didn't really have any long deep plays that, mm-hmm. like, that could really get a drive going and get some momentum.
0: Everything went wrong. Screen to Cooks in the mm. first half, oh, I believe, yeah. not blocked up, loss on the play. You know, Brandon uh, is having a terrific year. He dropped that fourth down pass, but the game was already decided at that point. I just would have liked to see some points on the board. You know, get that single digit off the board, go to double figures, you know, just get something a little more pretty on that scoreboard. And they weren't able to do that either. That was a rough game. Look, I think that what DeMarcus said was notable. They get more fired up to play these good teams. We got another good one in here on Sunday. And maybe, just maybe, you could come out with a similar early performance with the d but capitalize with your offensive opportunities let's see if they can do it and we'll see who the quarterback is because there's a chance they could have a switch back to double t all
2: right so the second thing that david coley wants to see improved the big plays we talked about not mm-hmm. stretching the field but the 10 longest plays for arizona were all 14 yards or more and the longest being the Ertz touchdown for 47 yards The texans it was bad yeah the texans were not they'd had no 47 yard play like that and and their top 10, I mean, there were a lot of single-digit, uh, you know, less than 10 yards.
0: Yeah. Uh, as far as the uh, Texans... Among their
2: top 10 longest plays.
0: Right. As far as the Texans' D goes and give up big plays, you know, we, we mentioned they were holding it together for a while. Arizona did have their chances. I still go back to this. We seem to talk about it every week. You know, you go three and out, the D has to get right back out there. And there yeah. is a, a physical exertion component to this game. And what did Travis Johnson tell us in this room once upon a time? Hey, it's if it's a tie between the D lineman and the O lineman, they win, right? Mm-hmm. You could, you know, get close. That's not good enough, especially with a guy like Murray is going to buy extra time and find guys downfield, which is what he did. The throw he made to Hopkins when he was on the right side of the field and Hopkins is on the left sideline, remember he was scrambling like crazy and just whoop, throws to And everyone's criticizing the Texans. Hopkins was wide open. How long do you think they can cover? <laughs> you know, and the yeah. D-line, I can't even fault the Texans D-line. I mean, sometimes you've got to tip your hat and say, that's Kyler Murray. And it wasn't for a touchdown, but it was a drive extender for sure. Murray's interesting. Look, he's not big, as we all know. Super quick. Doesn't run a ton downfield. What he does is run side to side and buy time and throw the ball downfield. Spreads the ball around so beautifully. It's, it, it, no one receiver has taken over that lead. receptions for them he's just spreading the ball around terrifically and I just think that he's really one to admire now I don't know if it can last because eventually he's going to take some shots but they all do let's just see if his body can hold up over time well
2: he took that shot early against the Texans and he left the game yeah banged up but then he came back in and was totally fine I think that's that's the only issue you got to worry about with him he extends plays with his legs Mm -hmm. but then he's he is exposing himself to injury. But, you're, yeah, I, I know that Hopkins play you were talking about because I thought, how does he even see him? Yeah. How does he even see him through all that The good traffic?
0: ones do. The good ones do. You know, they have the eyes downfield, and they see He's the whole a big field. guy. No, I know, but it's just eyes. It's just vision. It's point guard. It's it's that kind of thing. Look, I play pickup basketball, so that means I know a lot you're, about it's this exa- guy.
2: You're, like, exactly exa- like that.
0: But, no, I've played basketball with guys who see more than other guys. Like, you know, you're, you're running down the floor – and you're getting close to the basket, and all of a sudden the ball's in your hand. You don't even know how it got there. The the, uh, point guard made such a terrific pass because he just sees the whole floor. Some people don't, and some good basketball players don't, and some good quarterbacks don't see it as well as others, but he's terrific that way, and I think he's going to have a good career. Now, Lamar Jackson, you know, we talk about a guy who runs around a lot and makes plays, but he runs downfield a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you see what Ed Reed said about him? What? He said, the great quarterbacks don't take hits. Tom Brady's played that long for a reason. That's I'm, par- true. I'm paraphrasing, but he mentioned Brady not taking hits. And Jackson's taking some hits. Now, he's taking hits because he's running, but he also takes hits in the backfield. Got to be careful.
2: And the way you take a hit, too. The yeah. way you slide, the way sure. you take a hit. I mean, what you're you are no good if you're not available mm-hmm. to play for your team. All right, the third thing David Culley wants is see improved tackling, which that goes along with the big plays. I mean, there yeah. were so many plays where I just felt like, Kyler Murray was so elusive, and I forget mm-hmm. who said it after the game, that it was like trying to catch a rabbit. He was <laughs> <laughs> he was just so quick, and his change of direction was just so sudden.
0: That it's m- like Rocky chasing the chicken around in <laughs> uh, Rocky too. You got to work on your speed. Come on, get him. And you're chasing him around, and he's whoop, whoop, whoop. I mean, it's a video game with him. He's amazing.
2: Well, it's that, and I mean. On defense and on special teams. So Mm -hmm. I think all around the board, there were so many missed tackles. That was something that we'd heard about early on. I don't know if it got better or if we just were more consumed with turnovers and other things, and then we sort of forgot about it. But I feel like missed tackling is also something that we just sort of heard about throughout the last few weeks, that it has to get better. So I don't know. The defense did play good. They got some pressure up front. It's It's just a matter of getting that momentum going and then letting your offense score so that your defense isn't gassed.
0: How what about having happen. a lead, D.B.? How about having the lead? They play
2: really well when they have the lead. It just hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: If you have a lead and yeah. the other team's going to throw, imagine having a two-score lead. I don't want to make you dare to dream here, dare but a dream. two-score lead, and then the other team has to throw a bit in the second half, a bit more, and now those front four guys, they're getting real serious pressure on the quarterback because it's a more one-dimensional game mm-hmm. for the opponent. I'd love to see stuff like that. I think there's still ch- there's still time for those kinds of things to happen this season and win some games here. Uh, But, obviously, they're looking for big improvement on the offensive side as quickly as possible.
2: All right. And, finally, Christian Kirksey could miss some time with a fractured thumb. No word yet on his status. David Culley talked about uh, injuries coming out of that Arizona game, and Kirksey was one that he mentioned. I looked through uh, the the game sheet. He had Mm. played – I think he played the entire game. So, I don't know when he injured his – thumb it must have been something that he came out of the game and then I remember and something do but you remember him getting banged up or ha- I don't re- I don't remember it during the game and then I looked through and he was definitely playing in the fourth quarter late in the I don't want to
0: see this club remember remember when JJ played with the club in 2015 he had this club on his hand because it was a broken hand or something <laughs> right
2: JJ and then we had a oh gosh who was our fullback that we had um Prosh he, Jay Prosh What had did he a have, cl- a cast? He had a club as well. Yeah, He's so had J.J. Players. had this club. J.J. had a club.
0: And it, it limited him a little bit. He played through it. <laughs> and the Texans were the number two defense in the league. And I, I remember know. late that season when Watt got the cast off, he made a play, and then he shows everybody his hand <laughs> in the stadium. He's flexing his fingers. And, it you know, it's on the video board. Everyone's... <laughs> They're no, taking notes. Should we
2: put Kirksey out there with a with a club out there? Just, uh, he
0: might have to play with a club. Do linebackers
2: need their hand fingers?
0: Yes, yeah, see they do. do they? Probably. They I don't probably know about do. more or less or whatever, but you know for tackling, yeah. In fact, put Velcro on the club so it's a little sticky or something when he's approaching spikes. opposing players. <laughs> yeah, <a> spike. spikes. Spikes <laughs> is good. I'd I'm like sure those
2: are legal. Totally. Totally. It's totally fine. Really. Sandpaper. Uh, so if he if he can't go, he wears the green dot on his helmet. Who goes? I remember this in preseason. He did not play. He was a healthy scratch. Either he,
0: they go to Zach or uh, Kamu, maybe or KPL if I he's feel available. Like, did
2: Kamu do it in preseason? Because Zach also didn't play in preseason.
0: Mm-hmm. Wallow could do it as far as. The knowledge of it. I don't know if they feel comfortable Ooh, that he a would rookie. play that much. Yeah, That's a I bold don't know. call. Well, oh, It'll be interesting. Well,
2: if, if Christian Kirksey can't go, then that's another issue. You've got to have someone calling plays there in the middle mm-hmm. of, of the linebackers. We'll
0: see how they handle it.
2: All right, let's take a break. We come back. Some encouraging stats for Sunday's game against really? the Rams. Yes. Nice. Um, and then also we will get into a little bit of a Rams preview. Some things that this defense could take advantage of when they face Matthew Stafford. It's all coming up. And then we go around the league. The NFL Combine could be on the move. It's all coming up on Texans All Access.
1: Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Not an endorsement. Not an endorsement. Not an endorsement. Don't miss a moment of your Houston Texans 365 days a year. Download the Houston Texans mobile app.
2: Welcome back to Texans All Access. We are previewing the Texans at home against the Los Angeles Rams. It seems like a long time since the Texans have played at home. Back-to-back road games. Uh, Demarcus Walker said he's happy to be home. I'm happy that the team is home, too. I the home I mean, the road games have been rough, Mark, and that's probably an understatement last three games. It'll be nice to have a home game. They've played better at home. Davis Mills has played better at home. Maybe you get Tyrod Taylor back. Yeah. It's a tough Rams team. It's not going to be... Um, a cakewalk either but i feel like you set yourself up for a little bit of success getting to come back home and play
0: well absolutely I mean, you have nine home games this year and eight road games right so the 17 game season your last game is january 9th this thing goes for a while you really need this home date they're in a stretch of three out of four on the road because next week they're at miami oh, for right. the first time since 2015 <laughs> and then they have the bye uh, which they could really use to heal some guys up every team could use a bye that's the standard thing to say and it's always true So, yeah, I, you know, you'd hope that you were playing Trinity or something. No offense to Trinity or (laughs) some some other school. After the bye
2: or before the bye?
0: Uh, Right now. Oh, right now. (laughs) Uh, You need a get well game, and the Rams are not exactly a get well game. This is a tough, high-octane Super Bowl contender, and they lost to the Cardinals. Now, I looked at that game, DP. I was thinking, how did the Cardinals beat the Rams? That's their only loss. How did they beat the Rams? How did the Cardinals beat the Rams? And the answer is, it was a very even game statistically. Turnovers were the difference. Mm. Rams coughed it up twice. Cardinals none. And that's it. First downs were about even. Yardage about even. Third downs about even. Turnovers were the difference in this game. They always kill, especially if they happen at the really inopportune area on the field. I mean, they're horrible when you're taking it in because it's like, oh, my gosh, we blew a score. But when you turn it over in your own, own end, it's, oh, my gosh, they have a score. They have an easy scoring opportunity here. So... Uh, obviously, ball protection is a must against any team. Matthew Stafford. This is a guy that's been a lightning rod. Andre, Johnny, and I have talked about him for a while. Andre really likes him. Loves his arm talent. Saw him play in college and everything. He's been in the league for a long time, and I think he's got a tremendous arm as well. I always gave him grief about Detroit, though. How are you regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but you only have four winning seasons? When you've come into the league in 2009, my goodness. But he is tremendous. I likened him, and I was on Detroit radio last year before the Texans played the Lions on Thanksgiving, and I said, He's a latter-day Archie Manning. You know, Ooh. Archie Manning was a terrific quarterback for a bad team, the Saints, and he didn't have four winning seasons. But Stafford on the Lions, the Lions are like an ancient burial ground of a franchise. Like, no quarterback can be successful. In Detroit, it feels that way. Goff is there now. Good luck with that. They're winless. Stafford, only the four winning seasons over all that time. You know, Andre was up there for a bit. Uh, it's been a very t- since Bobby Lane, it's been very tough for quarterbacks in Detroit no matter who it is, no matter how talented they are.
2: Well, that being said, the Lions played a really close game against the Rams. They did. And it was all those special teams uh, fakes and yeah. uh trick plays which yeah. I have a little <laughs> I have PTSD from fake punts. Yeah. So I never like to see it, but they ran up they they threw the they threw everything at that Rams team and they yep. were it was a close game until the very
0: end. So you're saying the Texans should pull out all the stops here, <laughs> no, especially please, no, teams, no, no fake puns
2: no, no please no fake puns
0: ah, <laughs> not in your own territory
2: do. i'm but, sure everybody knows exactly what i'm talking about that just gives me post-traumatic stress you know
0: having said that though you know dom capers god love him the first year of texans football i feel like it wasn't every game but it was almost every game he would have one trick play just really? something yeah just something like coach yostin remember the titans would say fire up the boys imagination mm-hmm. i don't know Give them something. And it was really entertaining, too. Like, oh, there's the trick played today. Why not do one every once in a while? Throw something in there. Do something fun and creative uh, just to get the guys thinking about it. And once you want run one or two of those – the other team is always going to be thinking about that possibility, so they have to, they prepare, have to prepare for it. it. It's it's good. Well, don't it's you easy think, for me to say, DP. Don't
2: you think that's what the Texans were doing these first the, – I feel like the first two weeks we had Cecil on the show. We were talking about all the misdirections yeah. Yeah. and the Wildcats and the Wild Ingrams. Yeah, the
0: Wild Ingram.
2: The direct snaps. I and mean, we had so many of those in the first two weeks. You're right. I don't know if that just – I feel like then Davis Mills came in and they thought, okay, let's, just, let's just slow down a little bit. Yeah. Let's not overload anybody, but – I don't know, even with a rookie, you could do a direct snap because it's not like he's – well, although he, he had the one – was it him that threw, – he threw the touchdown pass off of the um, –
0: Oh, the flea, flea flicker. flicker! Yeah, yeah no, it's You know what? As I, I stand corrected, they I ran was the like, flea they flicker. did, they,
2: they did, they did run one with David. But Mills. I'd like
0: that not necessarily a flea flicker, but once a week, I'll go tell Tim right now. Excuse
2: <laughs> me. <I'm gonna> go <laughs> Why don't you ask him office. in his press conference sure. on Thursday? No. Say, so can we see some more flea flickers and?
0: um see, wild be like Fandomir, I'm working on bit blocking here trying to get (laughs) trying to get get some yards
2: we're trying to get the run game going so the flea flickers is kind of low on the priority list right now
0: you know forget about your (laughs) halfback option here i'm trying to get some (laughs) yards per carry over here okay we're working hard at this and he's seen it before he's got to see it again and maybe we can get some this weekend
2: all right matthew stafford he's now at 300 career touchdowns he threw three touchdowns in sunday's Uh win against the lions he's now the seventh fastest in nfl history to reach 300 career touchdowns. He did it in only 172 games. The six ahead of him, mm-hmm. uh, Hall of Famers, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, Brett Favre. The other three, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. Look, And I know, then there's Matthew Stafford. I
0: know Matthew Stafford's a Texan. You know, He's from Highland Park and everything. Went to Georgia. Matthew Stafford, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, is he going to the Hall of Fame? I think not. You've got to win more than one. you got win more than At this stage of his career. And
2: with guys like Brady and you, I mean,
0: he, he's going to have the numbers and the longevity to warrant consideration if he wins a Super Bowl. If he doesn't win a Super Bowl, I don't think there's any way. Right. But if he goes to two or three and loses, you know, he's got a shot. Jim Kelly lost four in a row, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I hate talking about Hall of Famers now, but you mentioned the guys who were ahead of him on the list. So I just... I want to see how this all works out for them. That's a tough division, but as we mentioned from the get-go, the Niners and the Seahawks seem a bit down right now. Injuries playing a huge part of that. And the Rams, Cardinals taking over that division for now. We're still in the first half of the year. A lot of things can change, but good start for the Rams. Johnny always brings up this podcast that Sean McVay is on. He only does it in the offseason with Peter Schrager. Okay. Our buddy from oh, NFL they're Network. Out, they're out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and, well, they do it on Zoom or whatever, but they invite another coach, and it's called – Flying coach. A little play on words there instead of flying first class, flying coach. (laughs) And McVeigh is. I was
2: literally picturing McVeigh with wings. I know, I know. I thought the same thing, too. I I thought, am I slow? But no, no, I
0: feel good now. So McVeigh is awesome in this podcast okay awesome now it's an off-season McVay. it's like off-season O'Brien was sure. you know just like totally a, different people yeah he mm-hmm. would never do it during the year but he had Mike Tomlin Kyle Shanahan all these coaches around the league and he's talking about hey tell me about a play that that went totally wrong for you that yeah you know, I want that one back really for, while it's going on and you know he had Rob Sala on he's like well uh, you know I've called defense but that said he said well, he <laughs> Rob Sala called time out as defensive coordinator once Working for Shanahan. Uh And it's just hilarious stories (laughs) like that. And they're all laughing and having a good time. Mike Tomlin was unbelievable. Mike Tomlin is just, oh, my gosh. The guy is just so – and he was funny. He's funny. It was funny, Mike Tomlin, yeah. Uh And I bring this up because McVay has a sense of humor. He's a very likable guy. But I hate him this week, and I want him to suffer.
2: Okay, you want him to suffer? Yeah, no. It's totally totally all in the competitive spirit. All right, I promise some uplifting stats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mills. In his two home starts this season, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 119 rating. And Brandon Cooks is tied for the NFL lead with 15 third-down receptions for 230 yards. That's 30. The These NFL. are nice stats, D B. And one touchdown through week 7. Courtesy of our PR staff,
0: mm-hmm. I
2: was reading through the release this week. So tied for second in total receptions in the AFC, and he ranks eighth in the conference in receiving yards with 502. So Brandon Cooks facing his former team, the Rams, this week. Maybe, maybe he's out for revenge. I'd like to see him get some third-down conversions because that was something also that the Texans didn't do very well last
0: week. So Mills did not throw a pick in the Carolina game then because no. – so four TDs, no picks. And the That's Patriots
2: game. Ni- and the Patriots game. Right.
0: That's a nice stat, DP. I like that. I like Mills at home stats. Give me that Mills, Mills. if it happens <laughs> to that, be Mills.
2: We, we want a home Mill. Maybe mm. what you do is you play Mills at home and Tyrod on the road. Well, I,
0: you know, as we were talking <laughs> about Should that. Should
2: that be a strategy? We're well, just no, like, I was no, just no, thinking
0: just about that being a possibility here. You could, you know, if you think Tyrod's not quite there yet, you play Mills because you're at home, and then Tyrod's ready for Miami. Miami. Yeah.
2: But then, then you've got the bye week, so why not just wait oh, until my after gosh. the bye? I
0: don't know. You could just delay to. I don't want to lose. Uh, you know, not that Mills is an automatic. I want Be- to lose. No, no, I, you know, <laughs> yes, seriously. I agree. That's a pretty blanket statement right. there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they have to do what's right for the team. Uh, again I like Mills I like his talent and everything they just have to put him in the best possible situation
2: all right so here's another stat for you John Mm -hmm. Grenard he enters week eight Mm -hmm. tied for seventh in the NFL he's got six sacks this season that ranks first among players that were 24 years of age or younger when the season began so among 20 young Mm -hmm. players in the league he ranks first with six sacks John Grenard
0: the PR staff really went. They deep they, they on went that to one. work. No, they went they, to work. These, these are week. good. These are good. They've got some good notes li- in there.
2: I like, but you know what? I like stats like this. I know they're really, you know, off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the, the other stats, like everybody knows. I
0: don't like- know if this is. I haven't read this week's yet, but Grugier Hill was first in the league in TFLs among inside linebackers, and I think all right. That's not bad. Mm. That's a pretty good one right there. That's not convoluted. No, that's, that's notable for sure. You know, you're an inside linebacker getting TFLs. That's huge. He
2: was a, he was first among linebackers, but then I know the last few games I wasn't sure he stood, but inside linebackers, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, the
0: one where they said he was first among players with hyphenated names. I thought that was going a bit too far. <laughs> Hawaiian They're, players yes. that play
2: linebackers?
0: Hawaiian players <laughs> with hyphenated names <laughs> who are really fun to be around. He's he first is. in TFLs.
2: <laughs> all right, let's take a break. When we come back. We're going to go around the league. Mark loves the NFL Combine, as we all know. Could it be on the move? We will find out. we got one final segment of Texans All-Access coming up. Don't go anywhere.
1: Can't get enough Texans Radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. Play responsibly. Going somewhere? The Texans mobile app. Don't leave home without it.
2: We're back with Texans All Access. One final segment. We go around the NFL. And uh, the NFL scouting combine is supposed to stay in Indianapolis for at least another year. Mark, so 2022. Okay. Combine will still be in Indianapolis. You Mm. can still eat at Prime 44. Get your steak. Walk through the tunnels. Mm -hmm. But... There are three cities in consideration for the 2023 okay, combine. Okay, give it to me. Give all them right. to me. Indianapolis. Thank you. Los Angeles. No. Dallas. No! <laughs> I was like, which one do you hate more? I am intrigued by Dallas. Where, where in Dallas? Would they do it at the stadium?
0: They would do it at... They would they need, do it downtown? But what field is... That? They need where a football it, Fort field. Worth? You can't do it like at a convention center. You need a field. You need a field. Right? But they're...
2: Oh, well, the, first of all, their practice facility is amazing
0: i'd rather do it there i'd rather do the combine at the cowboys practice facility Frisco, in Frisco. yeah because that place they have the little stadium which is perfect right mm-hmm. what am i saying i'm not selling the combine to jowl <laughs> no they have the little stadium they've got the outdoor field which they wouldn't do anything there but you could have fans out there doing stuff
2: why could you not do if the weather is nice and it's february
0: mm-hmm.
2: what, what? i mean i feel like that would go to waste well, well, could you, you should, yeah, you should be able to do something else. Oh, outdoors. I was talking
0: about the field with the fans, the, the, they have artificial surface or, and the restaurants around it in yeah, that yeah, retail yeah. area. That they wouldn't yard. do anything combine ish there. Oh, they, you, know, oh you, you, know you know
2: what they could do? They could do the combine experience. They could they do could some set, of that. They could set up, like, inflatables and stuff But for you fans. know what? As
0: we say this, you do need a convention center for that stuff. If you want to have the NFL Pressers. experience, you can't do that in Dallas in February. It snows. Dallas is horrible. It, fe- it does. It's wet. It's, it's cold kind of and rain. wet and awful. And last bad. year we had a major freeze. They'll never count on anything Ooh. outdoors in Dallas. No. The roads well,
2: might freeze. And fresh in
0: yeah. their minds, relatively, it was 10 years ago, is the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl in Dallas. And there was an ice storm. And I'm driving around with Texans guys or guys from Texas in the radio station van who have no clue how to drive in snow and ice. I was like, give me the wheel, boys. (laughs) You know what happens to Texans when they drive in snow? They freak out. They freak out Mm -hmm. because, like, the car slides a little bit. Eh, A little slide is okay. The minute the car slides, the second it happens. uh, No, when you drive up north a lot, you understand that eh, a little slide is all right. I'll grip, you know, I'll grip that car back on the road in a moment. I can't believe the conversation. Don't break. It's, more it's like don't, do, do not,
2: don't, don't break. That's all you got to do. It's just don't break.
0: I'm not saying there might not be a city as good as Indy for the combine, but you'll be hard pressed to find one because you have the stadium right downtown. You can walk everywhere mm-hmm. to all the different interview places, uh, bars and restaurants for people to meet agents, talk to coaches and GMs. And there's, it's a convention, DB. So, and you don't need to rent a car. You can walk everywhere. These guys have it as a working environment, and it's really enjoyable. It's the perfect city for it. If I'm Indy, if it's about money, I'm forking over everything to get the Combine back there because I fill every hotel room. You get the money back that way, and it's terrific exposure. Here I am raving about Indianapolis. (laughs) Which you Uh, hate like poison. I hate the team like poison. During the season. But I think think the city is a terrific event town.
2: It is. I mean, I'm from Indianapolis. There's so many events and conferences, conventions, even during Mm -hmm. the Combine there's always other conventions going on simultaneously, mm-hmm. and you would never know. I mean, it's just there's so much convention you know room ci- space.
0: You know what city should bid for the Combine? I am not joking. Houston. Houston, but Of you'd course. Ha- but you'd have to do George c- or at, Brown? No, Minute Maid Park. You go to Minute yeah. Maid. You say, we're going to lay down an artificial field here, sure. okay, and we're going to do the Combine stuff in there— We'll do all the weigh-ins and stuff at the George R. Brown. You've got the two gigantic hotels right there, plus numerous others. And papasitos
2: for lunch. You have all
0: Win-win. the restaurants. You have hotels for mm-hmm. days. That Houston. I think I just came up with a beautiful idea. But
2: you know what? Yeah. What?
0: The weather's great. The weather's Walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. Have a good time, everybody. This is your uh, – the Astros don't need the stadium right then. <laughs> this is your combine. Now, they might feel a bit weird about having the – combine event in a baseball stadium but why are we nitpicking here why are we nitpicking i might feel
2: a little weird about that Um, yeah because you have to change out the field surface and all that but you know what? i I don't know how
0: that works for the astros
2: i feel like i feel like it's going to be la just Mm -hmm. because nfl network is terrible ever since they got the two football uh, teams out there they've been dying to get other things out there so
0: if as long as you i don't know how the configuration is near the stadium but you you better have a ton of hotels right near there You don't want to be stuck in L.A. traffic trying to get from meetings to events to whatever the coaches and GMs have to do and the Mm -hmm. scouts. And people forget everybody's there. Every scout on every team is there at the Combine. You need a lot of space. They have to go a lot of places. If they have to drive everywhere, you're going to have people stuck. They'll have shuttles. It'll be a mess. L.A. stinks.
2: Also, there's too, I just many, say that? there's too many distractions. Like in Indianapolis in February and March, there's nothing to do. Right. It's not like go. we're going to go to a show tonight. It's, di- it's, what? G- it's freezing and it's miserable outside. Everyone stays in their carpeted tunnels mm-hmm. and you're just happy to get back to your hotel room and, and, it's and, cozy, and be it's cozy.
0: It's there's great. Nothing, I love the comedy. No
2: distractions. It's my
0: favorite event by far.
2: You know what? I, mi- I miss it. I miss it yeah. since we didn't go last year. So hopefully it's back. It's supposed to be in Indianapolis. So hopefully it's opened up to the media We will see. And we
0: are going to have some draft choices to think about. We'll
2: actually have draft choices. It'll be fun to go for it. We've got three out
0: of four years with no (laughs) first-round pick. (laughs) I think we're going to have one or maybe more.
2: I felt like a celebrity in 2014 when we had the number one overall pick. Like every national media person. I could could have asked anybody in the middle of a show if they wanted to do an interview with me, and they said yes because everyone (laughs) had an opinion on who we were going to draft.
0: If certain things happen, you're going to be – I'll be a celebrity yes, once again. Yes, you're going to need your own spreadsheet <laughs> to book the interviews.
2: I will. I'll need a PR person when I go up to Indy. All right, mm-hmm. that's going to do it for Texans All Access. Stay tuned for Texans Replay brought to you by John Harris. That's coming up next. On behalf of Mark Van Buren, I'm D.P. Sidhu. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Texans.
0: This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.
1: With a playbook full of available premium features and more 2021 IIHS Top Safety Awards than Honda or Nissan brands to date.
0: A oh, baby, score. Hyundai is driving victory.